Now, back to the Frontier Freedom Hour with Jeff Hunt, sponsored by Centennial Institute at Colorado Christian University. Here's Jeff Hunt. Well, friends, it is a showdown at high noon between the Libertarians and the Conservatives on the Frontier Freedom Hour. We're honored to have Stephanie Slade, Senior Editor at Reason Magazine, probably the world's largest, most influential libertarian magazine, the magazine of free minds and free markets. And as you know, we lead the Western Conservative Summit, one of the largest annual gatherings of conservatives in the Western United States. So Stephanie and I have been talking in the first segment a kind of a little bit about the kind of what is libertarianism, what is her perspective in libertarianism. But I, I, I want to push and prod a little bit on this notion of kind of uh, the idea that you can live freely and then we have consequences on our actions and we have actions that are clearly bad. So she's she's Roman Catholic and we've been talking about kind of the nature of adultery and I mentioned that Austin Peterson and I have debated in the past and Austin is famous for saying, I want to live in a country where I can grow weed on my farm, get married, practice gay marriage and shoot my AK-47s. That's the country that he wants to live in. So there's there's clearly actions in your perspective that do not lead to human flourishing, right? Adultery is one of them. So then if the government doesn't have a role in trying to guide citizens towards a life that flourishes, what is the entity that does that publicly? I mean, I think I don't know. I think the word public is a is a sort of tricky one uh, that can gum up the works a little bit because what is public? I mean, does public mean government or does it just mean in the common space that we share together out in the world? I think we all have that responsibility to do it. I think we have to responsibility to do it individually and in in communi community with each other through forming associations, um, private associations, civil society institutions, through our families, our neighborhood groups, our churches, our charities. Um, that they're, and, I, and I think that one thing that Probably, I think probably should be an, uh, a, a fruitful um, patch of common ground for us is that I actually think we're better off, unlike some folks on the left who want everything to be sort of handed t handed down on us from on high mm -hmm. um, and a one size fits all solution, you know, that maybe th gets gets uh, promulgated from Washington. I would much rather see a patchwork, a rich patchwork of institutions in society that are that are working together, that are maybe competing with each other, that are overlapping in order to solve these social problems and, and all the problems, as many of the problems as we can possibly solve without in, uh, bringing government force into the equation, I would like to see solved that way. And I think it's actually a much richer and more robust and uh, more resilient uh, uh, culture and, and society if we are doing, if we are going about trying to solve problems that way with like you know, letting the million flowers bloom and and um, letting different groups buy things out and letting people uh, work on persuading each other, um, letting the competition of ideas play out. Um, th these these are all these are all the sort of things that I think that libertarians and conservatives should kind of be able to come together on. So, how do you respond to the idea that maybe it's not all a level playing ground? And I, I want to use marijuana on this example because we deal with this in the state of Colorado. Uh, in 2012, voters commercialized marijuana, which means they brought the full power of Wall Street and the free market. And all of us that were conservatives and free market said, well, this is going to be a serious problem because this is a drug that has addictive components to it. Now, you may say it's not as addictive as heroin and meth and stuff, but they, they took the power of the free market, which is geared towards sales and revenue. 
and they put it upon a drug in the state of Colorado. And the result was you now have companies with a financial incentive to get as many people using the drug as they possibly can. They then took the money that they're earning and poured that into lobbying efforts to get candidates elected. And so you almost kind of have in the state of Colorado like a, a, a Winston-Salem in the 1950s and 60s where every politician is controlled by marijuana and big marijuana and a commercial enterprise. And then you have families and kids that are trying to deal with this issue where we're saying, we're trying to come to the table and say, well, now we have kids that are using drugs more. We have drug use problems because we combined free market enterprise and financial incentives with a drug that's not good for you. And so it's not a level playing field. And we have real social challenges now that we're dealing with in the state of Colorado. What's your response to that? Well, I don't have a lot of details, you know, at, at the tips of my fingers for the situation in Colorado specifically. I would encourage everybody to check out the work of my colleague at Reason, Jacob Solom, who is our, our sort of in-house drug expert and has, I'm sure, looked into this and, and written a lot about it. Um, one thing I would say is I was a little surprised earlier to hear you use the word um, commercialized, say that you prefer to, to refer to it as commercializing um, uh, marijuana as opposed to legalizing marijuana, um, because it seems to me, um, you know, one of the th perhaps one of the things that comes from my having studied economics in college, or maybe this is, you know, just down to the fact, you know, part of the reason that I am a libertarian and I do, I do identify that way. But it seems to me that there's going to be markets in anything all the time, no matter what. There was already commercial transactions for drugs happening, whether it's legal or not. Um, it was already commercialized. The, the question is only whether it's going to be happening at, at black markets um, or, or in legal markets, um, whether it's going to be taxed and regulated, whether people are going to be able to uh, go to a store and buy something that, that they can trust what's in it, or whether they're going to be having to resort to um, people you know, essentially uh, uh, criminals working on the street corner to get the thing that they want. Um, but but that's ultimately there, there always will be markets. It always is a it's going to there were commercial transactions happening. It was already commercialized before that. And, and so then the question has to be, OK, which is better for society um, for these things to be happening in black markets with the with the uh, attendant crime that comes along with that, um, with the incentives that are created uh, by that or for this to be happening uh, above board. And one of the things that I think has been very interesting to watch happen in various states, and I know more about the situation in California than I do in Colorado, but one of the things that can happen that's a little unfortunate is that a state will, on paper, legalize or de decriminalize a, a drug, um, but the, the sort of um, regulations and tax levels will be so onerous that it actually won't, people won't shift out of the black market. So the black market remains, you, you actually don't end up having some of these um, hoped for spill positive spillover benefits, where if you, you take this out of the black market, you let it happen above board, you, you sort of drive out the crime, replace it with business people who, who are responsible to their customers and their shareholders and their, their fellow community members. But that doesn't happen if, um, if the black markets are still around because the state has essentially you know, only legalized it on paper, but not really done a good job of, of incentivizing people to switch over to the, the safer, um, safer venues. So I know that's one of the problems, one of the things that has been a little bit frustrating from a libertarian perspective to watch as states have moved towards legalization is, uh, as as is always seems to be the case, uh, it is ever thus, the state doesn't ever actually want you to have a free market. I mean, you, you use the phrase free market or free enterprise, but where where in this country is there really free enterprise? It's very rarely that you find it, and um, I think that's the case in, a, in, our, in, in our drug markets as well and continues to be even in places where, where it's legal on paper. So 
one of the concerns that we have is that when you commercialize or allow now businesses to get involved with different types of drugs is that it, it, it puts the impact on steroids that it has for our communities. So, for instance, everybody is flipping out over fentanyl overdoses, total the impact that that's having in our society. So in, in 2021, the number of fentanyl overdoses was about 60,000. Um, this year, it may get close to 100,000, okay? The number of people dying from lung cancer and tobacco is half a million. So anywhere from five to seven times the amount of death and human suffering that's taking place because tobacco was able to, was incentivized to get as many users as it possibly could without many restrictions. And so if, if you go back and look at lung cancer in the early 1900s, it didn't have a rate any different than any other cancer. It was kind of right there. Because if you wanted to smoke in the early 1900s, you had to grow your tobacco, dry your tobacco, roll your tobacco. You know, you had to do your own things. It was in the 1940s, 50s, and 60s when tobacco companies realized that they could get a lot more users by uh, lacing it with nicotine that you had people really get addicted to it. And you had the mass explosion of use of it. So by criminalizing drugs, from my perspective, you've kept some people from using them. They don't use them because you don't have the full financial weight behind uh, behind these So companies. if I could just return the question to yeah. you, I mean, do you favor criminalizing tobacco? Would you, would you, you know, use the government to put cigarette businesses out of business? I would use the government to really come down on these industries that are incentivized to get as many users as they possibly can. I don't think you can just allow these companies with something that is inherently bad and bad for people's health to just unrestrictedly use, utilize their ability to go out there and get as many users as they possibly can. Isn't that true for fatty foods, sugary foods, sugary drinks? Isn't it true for a, a lot of things? Isn't it true for uh, basically most forms of entertainment that, you know, of course, the people creating these forms of entertainment are going to do everything they can to make them as addictive as possible, as entertaining. Literally, it's right there in the in the word as possible. Uh, that's kind of what the market does. It, it, it incentivizes people to try to make the best possible product that people will want to use. And that's how you succeed in a market. Do you think they can, though? Do you think people can make the best decision, especially related to like? So, for instance, pornography, incredibly addictive. And yet I think I, I think pornography should be banned. I, I don't think that it. I don't think it f serves any social good whatsoever. I think it harms women involved in the trade. I think it destroys their lives, and I think that uh, it it breaks down marriages and people get addicted to it. So I, I do think that there's a role for a government to restrict these businesses, especially if you're dealing with things that can really harm people. Don't you? How would you do? How would you decide? Okay, pornography, we're banning it. Marijuana, we're banning it. Sugary drinks, that one's okay. Or, I mean, how do you make that determination? I think there, I think that a government has a role in, in if you're putting out t some type of drink that is really harming people, of course. I think, doesn't the government currently have a role in that? We'll th we're going to talk more. We're really getting into it. You're going to want to stick around. Uh, we're talking with Stephanie Slade, who is uh, one of the senior editors at Reason Magazine on the Frontier Freedom Hour. So stick around. You're not going to miss it. We're having a great conversation. I appreciate she's, the fact that she's here. We'll be back right after these messages.